You're listening to the Keep Writing Podcast, a resource for Christians who want to write their first book and then more so they can lead their readers into spiritual freedom while at the same time leading their own families into financial freedom. I'm Mika Maples. Sometimes we don't give ourselves credit for what we are doing well. We have a lot more experience and expertise than we allow ourselves to think on most days. In today's episode, I walk you through how you can identify the areas where you are not giving yourself enough credit. But first, friend, you enjoy this podcast, but maybe you would like more robust writing support. I have created a place where you can get helpful advice for finishing, publishing, and marketing that beautiful book on your heart. It's all inside my new free and private Facebook group called Write for Impact. In today's episode, I'm giving you a sneak peek inside that Facebook group where each Wednesday I go live to answer questions that have been submitted and to present a message called Wish I Knew. Today, I'm inviting you to eavesdrop on that message. I wish I knew that it was appropriate to give myself a little more credit. So this is episode 86. Are you an Olympic swimmer, a golf pro, or a tennis pro? You are an anointed and appointed writer. And I'm here today live in the Write for Impact group to remind you of some things that are true about you. See, every week I go live to tell you some things I wish I knew. These are a few things that I wish I knew. So let's start off by telling you that today I'm giving you a little quiz. In your author mindset, are you are an Olympic swimmer, a golf pro, or a tennis pro? In your author mindset, in your business mindset, because being an author is, is being a business owner. That's just the way it is. So are you an Olympic swimmer, a golf pro, or a tennis pro? So real quick in the comments, will you please um, drop a hashtag live if you're watching me live, just so I can see who's here. Drop a hashtag replay if you are watching the replay. It gives me an idea of who comes in when. I, I love to see whether you are getting the most value out of watching it live or watching the replay. Both will benefit you, trust me. So, hi, Chris, so glad you're with me live. That's exciting. Um, just knowing that I'm not talking to the empty void. So I have a couple questions to answer from everyone, but first I'll start with this lesson. For anyone who's new to the Right for Impact group, my name is Nika Maples. I'm a five-time author. I'm the host of the Keep Writing podcast and the creator of the Keep Writing course and community. And I help Christian writers finish, publish, 
and market their first book, then more, so that they can lead their readers into spiritual freedom while at the same time leading their families into financial freedom. Proverbs 11.25 says that a generous woman will prosper and she who refreshes others will herself be refreshed. As you are writing to advance the gospel through your words, you are going to be refreshed. That's a biblical principle. And there's nothing wrong with building um, a business around your book. So it brings us to the question in your business mindset, are you an Olympic swimmer, a golf pro or a tennis pro? A lot of my clients come to me needing coaching around one of three things. They need coaching around inconsistency, around um, confusion, or around overwhelm. So whether you're live or watching the replay, will you please drop in the comments, do you struggle most with inconsistency, confusion, or overwhelm? Inconsistency would be writing sometimes, not writing other times, or posting on Facebook sometimes, not other times, letting people know you're a writer sometimes, not other times. Confusion would be not knowing what to do next, feeling lost, feeling like you, you aren't sure you're going to make the right decision, spending a long time in indecision. And overwhelm would be just feeling that things are always going wrong and that you just, it's too much. It's too much. You, you want to shut down. So drop that in the comments, whether you're watching live or watching the replay to let me know if, if, if it's inconsistency, confusion or overwhelm that is most um, powerful as far as struggle goes for you as a writer. Because I have some a blessing for you no matter what you're struggling with. This is what I do. I help Christian writers overcome what is holding them back because I believe God is advancing the kingdom through Christian books. Even if you're writing a book that is not overtly Christian, sometimes you have biblical principles sown throughout your book that blesses the kingdom as well. So let's talk for a moment about inconsistency. If you struggle with inconsistency, likely you have forgotten that you are an Olympic swimmer. The thing about an Olympic swimmer is that their skill translates from pool to pool. They don't go backwards when they move. They simply take their excellence with them. So it's possible that you in your business mindset have forgotten that your skills translate even when you're in a new pool. So there's no need to go back and put on the floaties and act like you've never done this before. You are a masterful communicator. You are consistent. In fact, just because you're in a brand new pool and maybe that pool is writing, 
because that's a brand new pool. You're telling yourself, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm putting on my floaties. I'm inconsistent. I, I can't just keep on going back and forth with my skill. I can't show up on Facebook and show up to, to say to others that I'm writing a book to let them know that this is what I'm doing now. That this is what God has called me to. You're inconsistent simply because you haven't recognized that the pool is just another pool. Writing is just like anything else. So your brain, your brain is looking for all the reasons why the pool is something that you can't do consistently. When that's not what it, what you need to be focusing on. You need to be focusing on your skills to be consistent. Very simply, let me ask you, do you brush your teeth every morning? Then you're consistent. Your brain is telling you that you're not consistent. Do you, do you have the same cup of coffee every morning. I don't know what it is that you do, but if you start looking for your consistencies, you'll recognize that you are consistent. This is simply a different pool. And if you're going to be an Olympic swimmer, it's absolutely necessary that you become confident in any pool because the one that you've trained in in your hometown will not be the one you stay in. You're going to be sent to a bigger pool as you move forward in your skill set. Does that make sense to you? Is that translating that the small little community you may have known, that the, the small group of people that may have known your, about your writing in the past, that's your hometown pool. That's fine. You trained there. Beautiful. But your skills advanced even in that little pool. Now God's sending you to a bigger pool. It's, it's the pool in the Tokyo Olympics. It's big. And there's an audience. And it's an audience around the world. That's not a problem. Because you're well equipped. You don't have to put the floaties back on and act like you've never done this before. You know how to be consistent. So my piece of advice to you is number one, start looking for evidence of your consistency. If your struggle is inconsistency, then start looking for evidence of your consistency in other areas of your life. And then the thumbtack thought that you can hold on to, put it on a post-it, write it in your journal, put it on your calendar, put it on a magnet on your fridge, put it on your car dashboard. I don't know where you need to put your thumbtack thought, but you need to put a thumbtack thought, I can swim in any pool. Simply that one truth will transform your business and writing mindset. And it's based on 1 Peter 1, 3, because a thumbtack thought that is coming out of thin air um, really won't support you. But one that is based on biblical truth is going to support you. 1 Peter 1, 3 says, um, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness by the knowledge of him who called us for his own glory and goodness. God called you. He didn't call you because of who you were. He didn't call you to write this book because of, uh, you know, some success you'd had in the past. He called you to write this book because of his own glory and goodness. And when he called you according to his own glory and goodness, his own that never changes. In other words, it's not up to you. He called you by his own glory and goodness. And then he gave you by his divine power, everything you need. You can't swim in any pool. I'd like for anyone who's here 
live or who's watching on the replay, will you please drop in the comments right now? I can swim in any pool. I can swim in any pool. Maybe you even want to put the word any in all caps. I can swim in any pool. God has called you according to his glory and goodness. And he's given you everything you need. You can swim in any pool. If you've been struggling with inconsistency, recognize that you are an, you are an Olympic swimmer. If you've been struggling with confusion, I have a beautiful message for you too. It seems that you have forgotten that, that God has the power to flip anything in your favor. God has the power to flip anything in your favor. So a, um, a golf pro by necessity travels from course to course and all of these courses are different. While every pool is the same you're just going back and forth. The only resistance is the water and the water is always the same. It's different for a golf pro, isn't it? Because every course has its own sand traps, water features. The slopes are different. The wind tunnels are different. The sun, everything is different. The trees, the foliage, all of it is different. And golf pros have to be very well-versed in mathematics and physics to, to figure out the spin on the ball, the, the velocity of the swing, that they can get the ball where they need it to go on an ever-changing terrain. But here's the thing. A golf pro does not spin in indecision. When it's, when it's his or her turn to come up to the, um, to the ball, they, they You've seen them kneel down. You've seen them look far. You've seen them calculate and then make an educated guess. There is no guarantee to a golf pro's decision. There is no guarantee. They make an educated guess and then they swing for all they are worth. They commit to a swing. They do not say, I'll just stay here and try to figure this out. And when I can be absolutely sure then I'll make a decision. They know that they'll never be absolutely sure because in the few moments that it takes to make their decision, the wind will have changed. Even the temperature will have changed. Who knows if that affects the way a ball travels. All kinds of things will have shifted in the moments that they wait. So they just commit to a decision. If you're struggling with confusion, it is likely because you have started to believe that you must have everything perfect. You must have every piece of information before you can make a decision. That's just not reality in the writing world. It is not reality. The landscape changes every five minutes. You'll never be able to ascertain whether it's the right thing to do with, to go with this agent, this publisher, this, that, the other. If you just decide to make the decision and have your back, no matter what, you will move forward in your writing. So that's my advice to you. Start by having your back, no matter what. That means that whether the decision turns out the way you think or not, you're not gonna beat yourself up about it. Because here's the thing, the true reason that you're afraid to make a decision is not because you're afraid of what could go wrong. It's because of the way you're, you're afraid of the way you will talk to yourself. 
because likely you're, you have a lot of negative self-talk going on in your head. And if you make the wrong decision, you beat yourself up about it. Well, who would ever want to make a decision if they knew they were going to be punished mentally for it and hear a lot of negative self-talk? I transformed my book and author and business mindset when I started saying, I have my back no matter what. I can make any decision and I'm going to be kind to myself. That will free you to make a move, to just swing and commit to a swing. A thumbtack thought for you as a golf pro is that all my decisions turn out for good. Just like somebody who's struggling with inconsistency say, hey, I can swim in any pool. I can do this nonstop in any pool. Then a golf pro, somebody trying to overcome um, confusion, they can think, um, hey, all my decisions turn out for good. So when I'm approaching a decision and I say, all my decisions turn out for good, they all do, they all do. Then I can make any decision and just move forward and be great with it and have my back no matter what. And if part of you is saying, um, I just don't know if it's true that all your decisions can come out for good. You have forgotten Romans 8.28. God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. My friend, you are an anointed and appointed writer. You are called according to his purpose. You're advancing the kingdom through your words. He's going to work all things to your good. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to work all things to your expectations. He may not work all things to your expectations, but he will work all things according to your good. So it may take longer than you think, or it may take a more circuitous route than you think. It doesn't matter. It will all turn out for your good. So um, I would like you to, to put in, I mean, this we are declaring truth over our lives today. We're speaking life over ourselves. So if you miss the chance to drop in the... Uh, if you missed the chance to drop in the comments, I can swim in any pool, then do that right now because you're declaring life over yourself. You're declaring truth over yourself. You can swim in any pool. And right now, if you're overcoming confusion, then drop this in the comments. All my decisions turn out for good. All my decisions turn out for good. Why? Because God's at the helm of it, friends. He promises it in Romans 8, 28. It's going to be for your good, even if it feels uncomfortable, even if it even feels bad, it's going to be for your good. All your decisions turn out for good. Be bold and declare it so that you can gain some confidence in making decisions. And if you're struggling with overwhelm, then it's likely that you have forgotten that opposition is your opportunity. A tennis pro knows if they're on the court alone and there's no ball coming at them, then there is no game. That's what a tennis pro knows. They never get on a court expecting that there will be no opponent. They never think that. They know they're, they're, that there's gonna be an opponent and they're ready. So to transform your book and business mindset, stop thinking that you're gonna have a day that will ever occur when you don't have an opponent. That means you don't even have a game. Get in the game, get in the game today. A tennis player doesn't worry when a ball comes at them at 90 miles per hour, they expect it. They don't stand still, they don't complain, they don't pull the covers over their head, they don't um, worry, they just simply move toward the ball. They move toward the ball. 
the tennis pro sees the op the ops opposition as an opportunity. You throw this at me, I will return it to you. That's the mindset of a tennis pro. So my advice to you, if you are feeling overwhelmed, because it's like, oh, the tech broke today. Oh no, Wi-Fi. Oh, Facebook rejected my ad. Oh no, I couldn't get Zoom to work. Oh no, all of this is overwhelming. I've got my kids to take to school. I've got, I can't figure out what, all of this, if it's overwhelming and you just feel frozen, they're just very fast balls, that's all. Run toward them with the confidence that you can return the serve. My advice to you is start anticipating that the obstacle in front of you is the way forward. That obstacle is the way forward. Don't run away from it, run toward the ball. The bigger the, the, bigger the obstacle, the more you the opportunity. So here's your thumbtack thought. Drop it in the comments for me. Opposition is my opportunity. Opposition is my opportunity. Drop it in the comments. Declare that truth over you. Satan will never be able to get the best of you. He cannot. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives in you. He does not live in the enemy. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. This is how I know that it, the oppos opposition is your opportunity. Romans 8, 18. For our present sufferings. Hold on, my mind just kind of slipped for one second. This is my favorite book in the whole Bible. I have recited it constantly my whole time, a whole life and suddenly my mind slipped. Yes, for our present sufferings are not even worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. Your sufferings, the, the, the obstacles, the overwhelm, it's not even worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to you, that will be revealed in your life. You can trust that God is going to be good to you. Thank you for declaring the truth over yourself today. Uh, those verses again were 1 Peter 1, 3, Romans 8, 28, and Romans 8, 18. Put those around you where you can see them. You can swim in any pool. All your decisions work out for good. And obstacle opposition is your opportunity. That's what I have for you today. I have a couple of questions. In the last few minutes, I would love to answer for you. Um, we have, by the way, if you um, don't know where the questions are submitted, I drop the day before I drop a, a little square that says, what questions about writing or publishing can I answer for you in tomorrow's coaching session? So we have a few I can answer. If you have a question for next week, just wait and ask me next week when I put that square asking for questions. Okay. So Amy asks, um, what about hybrid versus true self-publishing? I feel there's a murky line between the two. Hybrid gets a bad rap and is labeled vanity, but if you really don't know how to do any of the true self-publishing, such as hiring an editor, hiring a, lay a layout designer, finding quality printer, then is it such a bad thing? I guess I may not truly understand the differences. So with hybrid publishing, you're going to be investing a lot up front. 
So the difference is um, that with traditional publishing, you're not investing anything, um, but you make less money in the long run, likely. Um, and then with hybrid publishing, you're investing a lot without having the return on investment of growing in yourself. That is my honest to goodness belief about that. If you just want a book out there, that's why it's called vanity publishing because you just want it out there and you don't want to grow. This is not accusatory toward anyone who has used hybrid publishing. This is my opinion because I was asked for my opinion. I believe it's called hybrid publishing is called vanity publishing because somebody wants a quick win without having to grow. It's like, give me my book out there. And then as long as it's out there, I'm happy. With you don't grow, you're not going to be able to market it. That is the truth. Books are a business. You're starting a business when you decide to write a book. If you don't grow as a business leader, then you will not be able to, um, to market and market your book. You'll be able to publish it and then it won't sell. I'm telling you that the discomfort of growth that I had to go through through self-publishing has enabled me to market my books because I had to do it in such a way that I was convinced I was going to have to publish it. I was going to have to put it out there. I was going to have to market it. So I, I, I think I, I don't want to steer anyone the wrong direction. I just think that hybrid publishing could be the wrong direction. So uh, let's see. Next question from Amy. How long to pursue traditional publishing until you decide to self-publish? What I hear in that answer, I mean, what I hear in that question is that you see self-publishing as a backup plan. As a coach, as a coach, I'm going to say what, what I hear in that question is that you see self-publishing as a backup plan. And it's not. It is equal to traditional publishing. And if you do self-publishing right, you can make more money that way. So you have to make the decision that is best for your book. And when you make the decision that is best for your book and best for your audience, there, there are pros and cons to both. And you have to decide which is traditional or self-publishing, which is better for my book and which is better for my audience and which is better for me. You make that decision and you go with it. So we don't, we don't, I do not espouse that kind of mentality of one is preferable and the other one is a backup plan. I have three self-published books, two traditionally published books, both of all of them. I intentionally chose the path that I was going to take and you can too. And frankly, I've made more money from my self-published books than the traditional ones. That's what, one of the reasons why I have that strong opinion. Okay. So how to find quality beta readers. You have to know your, um, audience first, like your ideal reader, who are you wanting to produce transformation in? Who you, you can deliver a message that will serve and help them and produce transformation for them. So I see someone who is in this live right now. Um, Kaynell is, is an expert with caregiving, long-term caregiving. So she's got a very unique, um, audience for her book. It's, it's caregivers and, and often specifically family members who have become caregivers. So not professionally trained nurses, although that would also be in her audience. She's specifically looking for someone who 
she could serve who was like she was. She became an expert caregiver from, from years of doing it for her family. And so if she were to give that book to me, I have zero ex experience as a caregiver. And she's like, does this, is this a quality book? Does this serve you? I cannot be her beta reader because I'm not in that audience. I'm not caregiving. So I don't know if that serves me, serves a caregiver or not. So when you're looking for a quality care, a quality beta reader, you're going to want to look for somebody in your specific audience. We, we never write books that are general. We write books that are specific for a specific person in a specific situation. And then all the extra people come to, I promise you all of those extra people on the outside fringes of, of your, um, a target audience are going to come along too, but to find beta readers, you got to find people that are exactly who you're looking for. So I worked with another client who wrote a book called, um, navigating motherhood. And again, I don't have children, so I'm not her target market. And she did not give her book to people for beta readers who were not mothers because that's who she was going for mothers. So it depends on what your um, specific target audience is. Next question from Jennifer. What are some of the things that you do when you're in brainstorming mode to have it take form? I pray, I get inspired. Sometimes I have to wait for it to form. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think that sometimes, like with this lesson today, with about the Olympic swimmer, the golf pro and the tennis pro, I felt the Lord just drop that into my heart when I woke up in the early hours of the morning. It was like all of a sudden the whole lesson took shape. And sometimes a book starts happening that way or a chapter, the Lord will just deliver it to you that way. But most of the time it takes some marinating. It takes some marinating to really get the flavor. <laughs> so, you know, I teach people to like, um, just grab a bunch of post-its and write everything, you know, about a certain, certain topic and, um, collect those and then, and set it to a timer like set 20 minutes on a timer and put some music on and then write everything, you know, like on a specific topic on these different post-its, different ideas that you have. And then when the timer goes off, you try to organize those ideas and group them according to maybe those end up becoming your chapters. For instance, uh, when I wrote a book that I wanted to be about people who were in a hard place or going through a time that felt really like a dark season, I wrote everything God had taught me in a dark season. Well, he taught me, he's always with me. He taught me, I just put it all on post-its and then I kind of grouped them together, favorite verses. And I, I, those became my chapters in my book. So that's kind of how, and then, and by the way, then I let that sit for a while. And it's like when you have you ever bought a pair of shoes and then you're like, nobody has this pair of shoes, but me. And you think sometimes a car, you're like, nobody has this car, but me. And then all of a sudden you're like, everybody has this car. I see it everywhere. <laughs> uh, everybody has these shoes. Um, when your brain is programmed and by, by collecting your thoughts, you're programming your brain to find new thoughts and you'll, you'll be able to draw in. Ah, that reminds me that'll go good in this section of my book. Oh, that, that reminds me I would go good in this section of my book and you let it grow. 
Uh, Chris asks, what is the first thing to do after writing to publish? The first thing you do after you write it is revise it, revise it, revise it. Revising is a beautiful thing. People think of it as a painful or unnecessary. It's the most beautiful thing you do. Here's what I tell you is that if you do, if you skip the time on the front end of your book, you're going to be adding time on the back end of your book. What I mean by that is if you want to just really put out a book very quickly without revising it, and then on the back end, you're going to have a really hard time selling it really hard time selling it. So it's not even worth your time to hurry up and get it out there because you're going to have such a hard time selling it. But if you put on the front end, if you revise, 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 you make sure this is as good as it gets. I'm not talking about pulling out typos. I'm, I'm talking about making sure your message is clear. Then it's going to be a piece of cake to sell it. So you're still going to take effort but you'll know your own book inside and out. So every time you talk about it, you're sharing the goodness that's in it and you'll just sell it easily. Um, if you're talking about how to move, if you're sitting there, Chris, and you're like, I'm not talking about revising is the next thing I do. I'm talking about like what, what happens after that? Well, after that you do what Amy suggests you find early readers. Um, and that's where you say, okay, I need, I need some feedback and you start contacting some people that might be in your key target audience, your, your ideal reader, and you let them read a couple copies and then you be completely honest. I mean, you let them be completely honest and you accept the feedback and you coach yourself and you work with a coach. You come in this group and you get coached by me so that you can navigate feedback with grace. And then would you speak, Jennifer also asks, would you speak about self-publishing on KDP Amazon? Um, and KDP Amazon used to be called CreateSpace. A lot of people had some success on CreateSpace. I don't particularly endorse it because you don't own your, your ISBN. They give you an ISBN, your international standard book number. Um, they give you that with CreateSpace or KDP Amazon. Um, and what happens is then if you decide to move platforms and have it printed and published elsewhere, you can't really do that easily. And you certainly can't take your ISBN. So then your readers will be confused because they can't find your book. The way you find a book is with an ISBN. So I don't think that that's so also I've heard that they make a lot of mistakes, so I wouldn't go with them, but I do uh, endorse Ingram spark. I, Ingram Spark, if you're talking, because I know that probably your desire is, I just want to get it on Amazon. Ingram Spark is a way to get it on Amazon. Their, their quality of book is better, in my opinion. You purchase your own separate ISBN number so that you import that into Ingram Spark when you enter the details. And um, then you can, you can move your book anywhere. You can publish it anywhere because you own the ISBN. And Ingram Spark is very easy to use. Um, you get your royalties, they deposit it in your PayPal account. Um, it's not expensive to upload a book and get it on Amazon. But like I said, who cares if you haven't done all this major, major work in the front end, 
getting something on Amazon, that's exciting, but you won't be able to sell it. Plenty of books on Amazon just sit there. You won't be able to sell it unless you've created a vehicle to sell it with. And if you've done the hard work of really refining uh, your book and making it beautiful. So that's my recommendation. And I love being with you here. Thanks for um, dropping your comments. I, I, I enjoy reading those. I feel like I'm not alone. <laughs> and I know more people will be watching this replay. Um, so thank you for making your comments because it bumps uh, this film up in the replay for people. So um, let me say a quick prayer for you. Heavenly Father, I pray a profound blessing on the anointed and appointed writers who are here today, whether live or who are going to watch the replay. Strengthen their hearts. Remind them of your purpose and your calling on their life. Be gentle with us today, God. Be gentle with these writers. I pray that you would meet every person exactly where they are and give them what they need to take another step. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Until then, keep writing. Hey there, did you know that your vocation is what you're paid to do, but your calling is what you're made to do? If you're ready to step into your calling, let's go. God is advancing the kingdom through Christian books. He has given everyone a spiritual gift, and it may be that one way you can exercise your spiritual gift of prophecy, teaching, exhortation, service, giving, organization, or mercy is by writing a book that will bless other believers and go places that you cannot go yourself. If you don't know how to write a book, put yourself under the mentoring of an experienced Christian author who will pray for and guide you. Join the That's Keep me. Writing course, an all-in-one online experience that I've created to take you through the process of finishing, publishing, and marketing your amazing book. Inside, I offer step-by-step -step lessons and weekly biblical coaching live. Together, we'll solve any problem you face in the name of Jesus. There's simply nothing else like this anywhere. So if you're ready to join us, go to nikamaples.com and click on the Keep Writing course. Get started today.